Hello, everybody. Richard Hart here, twitter.com slash Richard Hart win. I thought I'd have a wonderful live stream with you guys to tell you how to not get hacked because I see a lot of people losing all their money. And it's weird because I can only yell and scream so often before it becomes 100% of my communication. I need to be able to speak normally about normal things without warning you about how not to get hacked every five minutes. Sucks for new users because if a new user joins, and they don't see the warning in time, they might lose their keys. So I'm going to teach you how to not get hacked. I've never been hacked, and most people aren't hacked. The minority of people in cryptocurrency are hacked, and I don't want you to be that minority. And I'm going to give you the tips and tricks to avoid that happening to you. So <clears throat> here's how it works. Hackers and scammers are going to do everything they can to get you to give them your seed words. Your seed words are 12 to 24 words, which are all of your money in cryptocurrency. It's how you access all your money. How are they gonna get you to do that? They're gonna put up fake websites. They're gonna advertise those fake websites on the top of Google. So you're gonna do a search for MetaMask. You're gonna find an ad that says it's MetaMask. You're gonna click that ad and it's gonna bring you to a fake MetaMask site. You're gonna install a fake MetaMask app. You're gonna give it your seed words. You're gonna lose all your money. How else do they do it? Uh, they go in Twitter threads and they post impersonating as MetaMask support on any thread that ever mentions the word MetaMask. So if you, if you ever complain about MetaMask or ask for help on Twitter, you're going to have people that say MetaMask support in their username or, or refer you to someone else that says they are. And they're going to try and get you to fill out a Google form with a bunch of silly crap in there to convince you that it's okay to put your seed words in there. And then you're going to lose all your money. So fake websites to get your seed words, fake Google uh, sheets, or rather there's like a form in Google that you can like fill out forms with. I don't remember what it's called. They send you that crap and they call it support. What else? What's a more advanced way? People get you to authorize a contract to access your funds because you think you're getting an airdrop. You think you're getting uh, some free rewards. You think you're doing some yield farming, some type of thing like that. And then you authorize their contract to spend all your Ethereum or all your Hex or all whatever coin you choose. And then their contract goes and empties out your wallet and you lose all your money. These are the three primary ways that people in cryptocurrency are losing all of their money. Now, there's a fourth way, which for Hexicans, my community, uh, they don't usually fall for this fourth one because we don't like counterparty risk. We don't like central begging people for our money. Hey, exchange, can I please have my money? But some people aren't hexagons and they very often fall for this. An exchange will have your money and then you will have a two-factor authentication to access that exchange and be able to spend that money or withdraw it. <clears throat> and you'll be silly enough to use your cell phone's cell phone number, SMS, as your two-factor authentication. Then someone goes to the cell phone company, pretends they're you or pays someone to pretend that they're you and they SIM swap you. And then they take over your SIM account and they take over your SMS. And then they now have access probably to your emails and to your exchange account because SMS and emails on the phone are often used as authentication methods for these things. So what do you do to prevent that? You never use SMS as your two-factor authentication and you keep your money off of exchanges. Now, what happened yesterday? $74 million hack from an exchange, a licensed, regulated, large exchange in Japan called Liquid, $74 million hack. 
What other exchanges have been hacked? KuCoin's been hacked. Binance has been hacked. BTC went down. Mt. Gox went down. Quadrigacians went down. Cryptopia went down. So exchange hacks are, Bitfinex has been hacked. The, the exchange hacks are the lay of the land. And if you don't leave your money there, you don't have to beg them for it. Oh, and by the way, Binance just did surprise AML KYC for everybody. You used to be able to sign up there and trade two, P two BTC per day without AML KYC. It was really random though. They would screw random users, but some people would be able to trade two BTC a day without you know, AML KYC, selfies, utility bill, things like that. And uh, they just surprised her like, AML KYC everybody. And then CZ's quote was, actions are louder than words. Well, yes, they are. You chose to cover your ass instead of your user's ass with a no warning surprise AML KYC everybody. Actions are louder than words, yes. Your users got boned so that you could cover your butt. Hilarious. <clears throat> I'm gonna increase my uh, stream output here so that it's a little prettier. Um, yeah, so that's how you not get hacked. Now there's other ways to not get hacked, right? If you're using computer, is there a video camera watching you use your computer? Have you inspected your devices? Is there no evil thing in between your keyboard and the computer? You know, do you have physical security control? Do you have strong passwords? Do you not have your passwords written down places? Do you have strong endpoint security? So the, the idea of securing your local computer from hacks is called endpoint security. Now, the good news is most people do not get hacked this way, or you would see everyone's bank accounts getting emptied and everyone's crypto getting emptied. Most of the time, the hacks are from the things I'm telling you about. The vast minority of the time, you have these like state level, government level attackers, you know, sneaking into your place to like hardware screw you. That's more rare. Um, and, and all that doesn't matter if your keys aren't in your computer. Your computer doesn't matter if your keys aren't in your computer. You can, you can put your keys into MetaMask. So go to metamask.io, download the correct MetaMask, put your seed words in it. Never put your seed words into anything else without extreme insane due diligence. And even in this case, make sure you installed the real MetaMask or you'll lose all your money. Um, you can do what you need to do. You're on hex.com, go to hex.com, you open up some stakes, good. You can delete it. You can, you can now sign out, delete the app, delete the keywords, go to the C drive, right click, properties, advanced options, something along these lines, and then use the uh, trim tool. And then that will get your SSD to write or to declare that all those places that are supposed to be actually deleted, actually get deleted. See, in your computer, when you tell it to delete things, it doesn't actually delete them. It just tells you that they're deleted, but they're not actually deleted. So if you want them to actually be deleted, if you have a spinning, a spinning drive, you need to overwrite that area a few times. Three times is probably fine. Some people say the Gutman method, like 31 times is better, but I don't think that's necessary. And then uh, if you have an SSD, it needs to support the trim functionality. And then it will go through and say, hey, I know to save write, um, write overhead and longevity and time, we're just gonna pretend that these things aren't here anymore by flagging them as not here. But I want you to go into the SSD and actually take these flash bits and then mark them as available again. And then you can't recover that data. So if you use, if you use it now, I mean, there are some exceptions with over-provisioning and some very advanced technical topics I can't get into, but you as a normal user, the best you can do 
is delete all your stuff, make sure it's not in the recycle bin, empty your recycle bin, and then, you know, right click C drive properties advanced and then optimize is the keyword you're looking for. So in Windows, optimize runs the trim function. You can do it manually in the command line too, but I mean, most of you guys listening aren't command line people. So yeah, if you guys follow those directions, you probably are not gonna get hacked. Even if you don't follow those directions, you're probably not gonna get hacked because most people don't, but I don't like it when I see people get hacked. It is really gross, it really sucks. And by the way, I mean, I talk about other projects in cryptocurrency and exchanges getting hacked all the time. And if you don't use other projects and you don't have money in the cryptocurrency exchanges, you're much less likely to get hacked and lose everything. You know, like Hex.com has had 100% uptime flawless function since launch nearly two years ago. Think about all of the people that could have been saved from eminent doom had they heard about hacks, got into hacks. I mean, the price went up 4,000 X before staking up to 8,000, 9,000 X with staking. That's insane. That's, that's, that's like being able to buy Bitcoin back at a penny. It's just amazing. But so many people out there don't understand it. So this, <clears throat> this should hopefully save you. And if you follow my good advice, oftentimes your life will be a lot better. You should follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart You should hop into chat, ignore all the imposters that will message you with profile pics as though they're admins, profile pics as though they're support. Anyone that direct message you is a scammer. Anyone that ever directs message you is trying to get your money, usually. So go to t.me slash hexcrypto, t.me slash pulsechain.com, world's largest airdrop, um, working on the testnet, narrowing it down, figuring out why the node's hanging. We're getting close. Um, t.me slash hex security. You know, there's good security tips in there, but you will be messaged by scammers when you join that room because they figure people that need support are dumb. So they're the easy ones to steal the money from. So being a person that asks for support on the internet, you're getting targeted. So anyone that messages you with an admin picture or a pretty girl picture, they're trying to scam you. Now we've covered security pretty well. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about where does the profit come from? Where does the money come from? So many times in the world, people are just smart enough to be dangerous and they think they understand what's going on. They don't understand what's going on. Let me give you a perfect example. Economists. Economists think they understand the economy. So if you can predict the future, then you can just become infinitely rich by trading that because they have options, which allow you to get leveraged up and they have futures, which allow you to get leveraged up and they have margin positions, which allow you to get leveraged up. And there's three ways right there that you can turn your knowledge of the future into absolutely insane, outsized, multiple, insane profit. You get a thousand X leverage with an option. But by and large, are economists rich? No, they're wrecked plebs. Why? Because they don't actually understand the economy and they don't actually have the ability to predict the future. And therefore they don't become infinitely wealthy. They get wrecked. Same thing happens to software developers, by the way. Software developers think, oh, I understand markets, or I understand numbers, and markets are just numbers, and so I'll just go make a trading bot and get rich. And then they all get annihilated by slippage and latency, and they discover, oh, in fact, this doesn't work. But most, most programmers give it a try and, you know, go lose all their money. So I guess we'll take a short refrain before I get into where does the money come from, and I'll uh, show you some new crap I bought, because I bought some new crap. So we've got this new eight watch winder here, which we're going to fill up with probably another million or two or three or watches, because why not? I want more followers. People like money. 
I've got money. Hey, it's good synergy. Um, here's some new fancy stuff. I think this would be like 3000 bucks if you bought it and not on sale, but I got it on sale. So I think I paid like 1800 bucks for the set. And then I think this shirt would be like 1300 bucks normally, but I think I got it for maybe 650. How am I going to get this off? It's a good thing I'm not wearing a headset. <clears throat> yeah. The Philippine stuff's a little bit cool, although overpriced because it has hexagons everywhere and I love some hexagons, don't I? Don't I? And then they also have this theme of money and power and man, that's my whole fist crushing money, money and power for years, you know? Oh, oh this watch costs uh, about $600,000. You like it? Let me tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. I'm gonna get one of the top tier awesome watches from every large watch manufacturer to get the affinity of their audiences. So I don't use any of these watches to really tell time, but I do use them to show how cool I am. Look how cool I am. I want people to like me, so I overpay for stuff. This watch is a flyback chronograph. And flyback chronograph means you can start it, and then this is gonna start going around, and then you can reset it, and it's just gonna start counting again. So you don't have to stop reset, you can just reset straight. And then you can wind it without any work. And this thing needs wound. This doesn't have much reserve power at all. You take this off for a night, you don't put on a winder, it's going dead the next morning. Like very little, very little reserve time. And the reserve time goes down if you leave the chronograph running. And you can leave the chronograph running because it's a vertical clutch, so it doesn't really put much extra wear on it, but I prefer the reserve time, so I don't, I don't leave them run. Now there's two extra things that are in this flyback chronograph that most chronographs do not have. It's actually an annual calendar. So right here in the bottom corner, barely seeable, looks digital, but it's not digital. It's just a digital looking font on a, on a wheel. This shows the month, it's August. So this shows the number eight month. And then this shows the day, which is the 21st. This is made of uh, carbon and the screws are very special. So if I want to swap this band, I've got to get a very special screwdriver which is like theft proof. It kind of sucks a little bit. Um, what else? Oh, it looks fancy in the back. Can you see the back? Here's what it sounds like winding. All right, so if you want to waste uh, $600,000 on a watch, here's one way to do it. And it's got a McLaren logo, a little McLaren. There you go. Anything else new here? Uh, I mean, I think my newest watch was like this, uh, have it there we go. I think this newest watch is this one down the bottom here. This uh, Yacht Master diamond bezel, diamond fa rather diamond face. I got some more watches coming. Um, takes time, you know. Anyway, you're gonna regret buying watches instead of the dip. I promise you. Come on, thing. Come in there. Oh, it's so strong. It went in the first way. <clears throat> So guys, where does all the profit come from? I'll tell you in a second once I get these bad boys spinning. <sighs> People think that they understand how finance works. They think they understand how banking works and they have ideas about how to be profitable that are silly. They don't make any sense, which is why the vast majority of traders lose money. And by when I say the vast majority, I mean nearly all like 90% lose money. And if you, I mean, 
So let's say only 67% lost money. The amount that the losers lose exceeds the amount that the winners win by so much that uh, somebody in chat says, what dip? True, what dip? Yes, good point. Rich, I don't think you have enough watches. It's only $2 million watches. Hey, the candelabra is still here. You just can't see it. It's behind all this stuff. I don't think I have space for it, man. Um, so where does profit come from? Let's talk about things that people think are legitimate ways to make money in the world. Let's take Apple, Apple stock. Let's take Burger King, because more of you guys have uh, been to Burger King recently than bought iPhones probably. <clears throat> you buy 10% of the shares of ownership of your local Burger King franchise. You now own 10% of that Burger King. Can you add menus to the item? Or can you add items to the menu? No. Can you change the hours of operation? No. Can you change the prices? No. Okay. So what exactly can you do with your 10% ownership of your local Burger King? What can you do with that? You can do exactly one thing. You can sell your shares to the next guy and hope that you made money. And that's it. That's all you can do. Richard, that sounds like a scam. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the majority of uh, profitable behavior in the world, right? Owning shares in companies and those companies building goods and services and people using their goods and services. That's the vast majority of economic output in the world. The only thing that matters is goods and services. All the money and finance and stuff is just ways to help reduce friction to make the goods and services production and distribution work better. And so... People don't understand much about company ownership. They don't understand much about stock ownership. They don't understand much about the stock market. Or worse, they think they understand a lot and really they're just smart enough to be dangerous. So where does the money come from? Let's say, uh, let's say you buy Apple stock. You as an Apple shareholder, can you change the prices? No. Can you change the hours? No. Can you add products? No. Can you change the logo? No. What can you do as a minority shareholder? Absolutely nothing. And then they introduce extra restrictions on top of that. In Facebook, the majority of shares are non-voting. And then even if you owned the majority of shares in Facebook, they wouldn't have voting rights and you still couldn't change anything anyway. So in fact, the majority of the stock market and the appreciation of stock prices is the next guy buying, period. That's it. But they have revenue. Yeah. Show me how when someone buys an iPhone, the shareholder gets the money. Someone buys an iPhone, the retailer gets the money. They use that to pay their bill for the iPhone that they had in inventory. It goes into the Apple bank account. There it sits. Apple sits on a lot of cash and pays some of their bills with Foxconn that manufactures their phones and pays some of their employees. Okay, now tell me where that money from the person that bought the phone goes to the person that owns the shares. It doesn't. There's two rare exceptions to this. Stock buybacks and dividends. And in a stock buyback, in order for you to harvest that money going back, you have to sell your shares. You don't just get the money. So if you own a business, you just get the money, right? If you're a sole proprietor and you paint somebody's house and they write you a check, you got the money. You don't have to sell any shares to get the money. So in the form of a stock buyback, they're not even really giving you the money that came from the sale of the phone. What's another way? Dividends. And in this case, this is the actual only case that I'm aware of where money from sales actually ends up in the hands of shareholders, period. That's it. Okay. So now what portion of the appreciation in stock 
and the revenue of a shareholder is from dividends. Unless you have utilities, which have high, di have high dividends historically, it's all the next guy buying higher, period. So the vast, vast, vast majority of profitability in stocks is the next guy buying higher. You don't have any power, you don't have any control, you can't do crap, you can just buy the shares and hope the number goes up and hope that you sell to the next guy higher. Period, period, that's it. So, and that's the reason you have unprofitable companies that are the richest companies in the world. How long did Amazon lose money? Forever. I think it might've just started being profitable last year. Lost money for 20 years. It's half of all the internet sales in the United States. Jeff Bezos is every once in a while the richest person in the world, but his company lost money. Why? Because the market understands that future profitability is worth so much that you can just lose money now because you're buying more money in the future. So you're not really losing money. You're just shifting the making of the money from now to the future at a larger amount, like a discount, discounted cash flow. So once again, people that are just smart enough to be dangerous, they say silly things like, oh, Amazon's never made any money. They make tons of money. They could just reduce their advertising budget and reduce their R&D budgets and just sit on what they've got and make huge bank. But they'd rather multiply what they've got and reinvest in the future to make more later. Makes more sense. And since the market can predict what's going to happen in the future, I mean, the chart for Amazon. Amazon went up in the 2000s, dropped 95%, and then went up forevermore. <laughs> and it's just up and to the right forever. Similar to Tesla, similar to Hex, similar to Bitcoin, similar to Ethereum, similar to a lot of cryptocurrencies. Everything that's priced against the dollar goes up and to the right forever because they keep minting dollars for free out of thin air. Nobody needs yours. Nobody needs your dollars that you worked really hard for because they can go get the free cheap dollars from the government. And here we come to our next lesson. So my, my goal here, one, I want to teach you how to not get hacked. Two, I want to teach you where all the profit comes from because people just don't understand where the profit comes from. They don't, they don't get it. Their little tiny brains can't understand, and I'm going to help them. I'm going to educate them. All of your yield, or the vast majority of your yield, as a shareholder in a company, comes from the next guy buying higher, and not at all from dividends and stock buybacks, except in some rare cases where some companies have high dividends or high buyback behavior. And in that case, dividends is the more real of the two, because you don't have to sell shares in order to get your dividend. But you do have to sell shares in order to harvest the increase in share price from a stock buyback. So bank accounts, here we go. People that think they're smart again, but Papa Richard Hart has to educate them, okay? People think that when you put your money into a bank, they lend your money out and they make interest and then you get some of that interest. Doesn't happen, doesn't work like that. Wait a second, Richard. Are you telling me that when I put my money in the bank that it doesn't get lent out? Yes, that is what I'm telling you. Oh, well then how does the bank make money? Ah, well I know, and most people listening don't, unless you've been listening, listening to me for a while. The bank is gonna keep your money, which is a liability to them, not an asset. It goes on the liability side of their balance sheet. They owe it, it's not theirs, they owe it. And they're going to use that money as a reserve to go get leveraged up 10 times more, nearly free money from the government. Because the government prints money out of thin air and they want banks to stimulate the economy by creating new money, this is called a money multiplier effect. When, when one person spends a dollar, it creates about $7 of economic activity. It's, it's basically the majority of money is created from credit. 
So if I say I'll paint your house for $100, which is a good deal, let's make it more expensive. Let's call it 1,000, you've got a small house. Let's say I'm gonna paint your house for $1,000. And then you say, okay, well, I'll pay you when it's done. And I start painting your house. Well, in effect, that work and GDP, gross domestic production, and, and effort in making the world better, it has already occurred. I'm doing it. I'm doing the work. And so in effect, the money was created even though it wasn't paid yet. And then I, because I have a receivable, can then factor my receivable and sell it to somebody else and go, this guy that I'm painting his house for owes me a thousand. So why don't you give me like 800 and you can make the difference, but I'll have my 800 now instead of waiting for him to give me my thousand. It's called factoring. So the majority of money in the economy is really just created out of credit and these things banks do. So when the bank gives you a loan, it creates money out of thin air. And the government's already creating money out of thin air as well. So you deposit your $100,000 at the bank. Now they have a $100,000 reserve, which lets them borrow a million dollars or more maybe $20 million, depending on the reserve ratio. So 10% reserve ratio allow them to borrow from the government, $10 million. And what do you think the bank is gonna make more money on? Lending out 10 million or lending out your 1 million? They're gonna make more money lending out the 10 million because the interest rates that the government gives them are so low. So now, in fact, the yield that you're being paid for putting your money in the bank is not for lending your money out because your money's not going to get lent out. Your money is just going to sit there as an excuse for the government to go, oh, well, we like reserve ratios and the banks that have larger reserve ratios will just lend more money to, right? Oh, you've got a, you've got a million dollars reserve instead of $10,000 reserve, we're going to lend you, you know, a thousand X more money or a hundred X more money. Now, how many people, how many people know that? How many people in the whole world know that when you put your money in a bank, it doesn't get lent out? Almost nobody. Cause I'm the only guy spreading the idea. I'm the only guy spreading the truth. So where does the yield come from? Inflation. Well, where's the inflation? The government literally just prints the money out of thin air. They print the money out of thin air. Your yield at your bank is from people printing the money out of thin air. Your yield in the stock market is also mostly them printing the money out of thin air. When they print all this money, it has to go somewhere. Where does it go? Places where it doesn't lose to inflation, where it can get yield. Okay, well, where's the only place large enough to park these trillions of dollars that they printed? The stock market. And so what happens? The stock market goes to new all-time highs because the money has to go somewhere. Same with crypto. Stock market makes new all-time highs. Crypto makes new all-time highs. Why? Because people are looking for places to park their capital to beat inflation. Because look, even though, even though what you have is going up in value, if all the stuff that you want to buy also went up in price, you just broke even. So if you didn't double your, like a lot of these watches that are sitting here are costing twice what they cost from the factory. Then they're permanently sold out. So if you want them, you gotta pay twice to three times what they cost from the factory. Now most watches lose money, watches I buy, they don't. You know, so your yield in the stock market is the next guy buying. It's called the greater fool theory, but I don't like calling him that because these guys make all the money. How are you gonna call them fools when they make all the money? <laughs> the, the most profitable people in the world are the fools that have been buying these things at inflated prices because they get more inflated. So, you know, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed when everything's at new all time highs to have bought at the wrong time because everything's at new all-time highs. Stock market's new all-time highs. Crypto in April 16th was the Bitcoin top. 27 days later was the Ethereum top. Hex is making new all-time highs all the time. I think it was just a week or two, maybe two weeks ago. It did it last all-time high, I think. I mean, for all I know, it might be an all-time high now while I'm on stream. I'll go look. <clears throat> 
Um, 19 cents. Real close to an all-time high. Our all-time high was 21.8, 21.9 rounded, and now we're at 19. So we're like this close to an all-time high now in Hex, Hex.com. So where else do people not know where the yield comes from? So now I've told you where the yield comes from in stocks, the next guy buying higher. I've told you where the yield comes from in bank accounts, inflation, printing money out of thin air. Where does the yield come from for Bitcoin miners? Bitcoin miners have been every single coin that exists in the world in Bitcoin passed through the hands of a Bitcoin miner because they minted it out of thin air. I know because I was a Bitcoin miner and I used to mine full 50 Bitcoin block reward blocks with no pool, no middlemen, no counterparty risk. Me and my GPU, we would mine full 50 Bitcoin block rewards on our own. Mint 50 Bitcoin out of thin air. 50 Bitcoin now is worth about $25 million, 200, no, $2.5 million. 50 Bitcoin is 2.5 million, I think. <clears throat> yeah. So where does the yield come from? The next guy buying higher. That's where the yield comes from. Ethereum, Ethereum used to be 31 cents at its crowd sale. Now it's $3,300. That's a 10,000 X. Why is Ethereum 10,000 X up higher in price? Where does the yield come from? The next guy buying higher. The same place it comes from in stocks. The same place it comes from in Bitcoin. Why has hex price gone up 4,000 fold in a year and a half before interest, before staking, and six to 8,000, six to 9,000 fold with staking interest? How can it do that? Because the next guy's buying higher. That's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, and just, I, do, I don't understand why people don't get this. Their brains, their brains don't understand that all of the yield from everything is basically from inflation. Bitcoin miners revenue is from inflating the Bitcoin supply. Your savings deposit yield as a, as a saver in a bank comes from the Fed inflating the supply. The, uh, the yield of, what was it? It was banks, stocks, crypto. Yeah, those are the three. I mean, where, where else is there yield that we need to talk about? So, I mean, yeah. And then is it stupid for the next guy to buy higher? Well, I don't know. Bitcoin's up 6.5 million X from a penny in around 10 years. Ethereum's up 10,000 X. Hex is up 4,000 X. Is it stupid to be the guy that bought higher? Everything's at new all-time highs. Imagine if you didn't buy higher and you just sat in cash or you sat in gold. Wrecked. Gold is cheaper now than it was 10 years ago but everything else is at new all-time highs. You lost money holding gold instead of the dollar, and you lost money holding the dollar instead of nearly anything else that they don't print out of thin air. So our made up fake imaginary internet money is better than the government's made up fake imaginary internet money. Go look at the chart. It's that easy. It's got better hours. It's got better uptime. It's got better everything, except you do have to transfer back to the, the crappy government stuff often to buy stuff you want sometimes. But who cares when you're up a thousand fold. Who cares? <laughs> Can you buy coffee with your Berkshire Hathaway stock? No. Can you buy coffee with your Apple stock? No. But are they very profitable things to have? Yes. So, so I hope that one, I've taught you how to not get hacked. And two, I've taught you where the profit and where the yield comes from. Because these armchair economists that think like, oh, Bitcoin's a scam because where does the money come from? It comes from the next guy buying. Value storage is very profitable. People want to store their value the best place. This is one of the best places. Okay, well, where does the Ethereum miner profit come from? Same place. 
Where does the speculator profit come from? Same place. This money that they're printing out of thin air has to go somewhere. Why wouldn't it go to the highest appreciating asset classes ever existed in the history of mankind? And I think I may have created the, the most price performative asset in the history of the world, maybe. Like, I'd give it like a 70-30 chance that I'm pretty sure that Hex has beat everything else. So we'll see, right? Like, I think 4,000X in 1.5 years with really good liquidity, you can sell. We see people buying Rolexes and boats and houses and Maybox, McLarens, uh, everything. Like Ferraris, Lamborghinis. I've seen hexagons buying everything. We see people selling millions and millions and millions of dollars of hex all the time. Price keeps going up. Price keeps making new all-time highs because the amount of people that want to buy the best appreciating asset in the history of the world with 100% uptime, the best logo, the best community, the best domain name, the best founder? Really? Could it be? Maybe. Maybe the best founder. That's really high demand for that. I mean, I have phone calls with guys that have hundreds of millions of dollars and they want more exposure, not less. They want to buy more. So they're asking me how to get good entries, you know? So like, if you if you don't understand how high and how crazy the hex price can go, you haven't seen anything yet. You really haven't. We're pre-viral. Have you seen it on CNBC how to buy hacks yet? No. Is it listed on big exchanges? No. Is it on the front page of CoinMarketCap, CoinGecko? No. Has anyone said a kind word about hacks ever? No. There's still people out there calling it a scam. After it's overperformed, beat everything with more security, more uptime, better price performance, better features, you're just like, what else can we do better here, guys? We won. You guys lost. All you guys that thought that it was going to be a rug pull, thought the price was going to go down, thought everything was going to suck. You were all wrong. You all lost. You all get wrecked. And we get to shove it in your face every single day because we won. And we didn't win by a little bit. We won by a lot. We super duper duper ultra won. And I post that chart all the time. Here's everything else. Here's X. So at some point, the rest of the world needs to update their worldview and understand they were wrong and what I built is better than anything that's existed previously. Hex.com is the best design cryptocurrency in the world. Now, we've got Paul's chain coming out. It's got some really good design features. Let's see if it can beat Hex. I mean, it's gonna be a, an exciting challenge to find out. Let's take a look at chat here. Boy, chat, it's really scrolling by quick here. So you guys that are watching, please follow me on twitter.com slash Richard Hartwin. I put the chat into subscriber only mode because hey, you wanna spam up my chat? Be a subscriber. It helps the algorithm like me more, shows the videos more. If I wanna make the world a better place, I can only do it if people hear my messages. I'm one of the few people out there warning you against scams. I'm one of the few people out there warning you how to not get scammed. I'm one of the few people out there who invented the world's, the world's best performing asset. I also wrote a couple self-help books you can download for free at t.me forward slash sci I also run multiple chat rooms with over 20,000 members. T.me slash hexcrypto, T.me slash pulsechain.com. Got over 100,000 on Twitter. Um, I just got $27 million raised for charity. SCNS.org. I'm living the dream. I don't really know what more I can do to make the world a better place. I'm really punching hard, really punching hard. How do I expect Hex to perform during a Bitcoin bear market? I think it'll do great, but we'll see. Like, listen guys, the average staking length on Hex used to be 4.8 years, now it's 5.8 years. What do you think happens to something that people buy and lock up for longer and longer periods? <laughs> like, the price tends to go up. With static or increasing purchase uh, demand, 
the, the supply just keeps getting reduced more and more and more by everyone locking up their coins and taking them off market. It's very hard to find someone that will sell you their hex. Very hard. As a matter of fact, the T-share price is the only price chart in the world I know that's better than the hex price chart because the T-share used to be 60 cents and now they're $3,500, $3,600. It's like a 5,000X. So we've got a 5,000X in performance on the T-shares. Wow. Like, now here, like, here's the funny part. I'm pretty sure that for the price to have gone up 5,000X on the T-shares, that there had to have been one staker that when he ended his stake was up 5,000X. Well, yeah, in, do in dollars, yeah. Because the T-share price ratcheting mechanism analyzes the performance of the people that are ending their stakes to make sure that when they restake, they can't get more shares than they used to have unless they add or um, extend their, their length. It's really amazing. Like that, that, the price ratcheting mechanism might be Nobel Prize worthy and the game theory mechanics that get people to lock up money for longer than they've ever done it before may also be Nobel Prize worthy, in my opinion. Call me biased, but these are actually real useful innovations in the world to teach people to delay gratification. Can you imagine how many more Bitcoin millionaires there'd be if they could have locked up their money for 10 years instead of getting wrecked trading or selling on a double? By the way, I love hitting people with this. <clears throat> Is it too late for me to get into Hex? Well, let's do some math real quick. Some people might have been scared to buy in the first double. So how many doubles have there been? Here we go. You could have bought hacks even if you thought hacks was a scam, which it ain't. It's amazing. It's the opposite of a scam. It's complete and finished immutable awesomeness. It has beaten everything else on nearly every metric you could dream. You could have sold on the first double, the second double, the third double, the fourth double, the fifth double, the sixth double, the seventh double, the eighth double, the ninth double, the tenth double, or the eleventh doubling that we've had in a year and a half, and we're three quarter of the way to the next double. I think the next double is in. I'd have to do the math on it. So, like, we're we're three quarter of the way to the finishing the twelfth double. When you've done twelve doubles, what's a couple extra doubles? Pre-viral, amazing, amazing opportunity. And you're gonna get all your hex doubled on the pulse chain as well. So you're gonna have twice the hex uh, liquid and twice the hex uh, sh stakes. So you'll have them on the Ethereum network and the pulse chain network. And then listen to this, you're gonna love this. Right now, I think in liquidity on Uniswap V2 on the bid side, there's like 8.5 million USDC, $8.5 million worth of USDC. So what if you bridged over USDC from the Ethereum network to pulse and then put that in a new pair with the hex on pulse, which we're just gonna call hex. So some of the documentation needs to be upgraded because it was gonna be e-hex and p-hex, but we're just gonna make it hex and e-hex. So ERC-20s that are forked onto pulse, or they're going to just be called their native name. So like chain link on Ethereum, which is link, is going to be bridged over and called e-link for link from ethereum and then on pulse it's just going to be called link so <clears throat> need to update the naming conventions document a little bit not that big a change so if you bridged in eusdc from the ethereum network <clears throat> and then put it in a liquidity pool with 8.5 million dollars of usdc versus the equivalent 8.5 million dollars of pulse or rather hex on the pulse network then you'd in effect have nearly doubled the liquidity. 
So this isn't accounting for what's sitting in limit orders on 0x and 1 inch IO. It's not accounting for Uniswap V3, which actually has a lot of liquidity now. I'll look it up in a minute. But you could, you could for like 10 or $20 million double the liquidity for Hex on the Pulse network. And I think that'd be pretty cool. Because now, maybe instead of Hex being worth 20 cents on just Ethereum, maybe Hex could be worth 20 cents on Ethereum and Pulse. That would be awesome. And then you step in and you put a liquidity providing uh, incentivization program where you reward people for putting in a in a Uniswap pair their E ERC20s from the bridged in from the Ethereum network and the Pulse versions of them. And then the Pulse versions are backed by the Ethereum versions. And people are probably happier to do that because they got the Pulse side for free. So you got a big bag of link, bridge it over, take your free link on the Pulse network, put the two in a Uniswap pair. And as long as their ratio stays similar, you're just making trading fees. You're not even getting impermanent loss. So if whatever ratio you get in at tends to be the ratio it stays at, then you're just making trading fees because you can always pull out what you put in. And the only, and the only way you have impermanent loss is if like one price moves a lot versus the other one. <clears throat> so that's like teaching you about liquidity providing. Um, I don't do that very often because like in Hex, for instance, you you oftentimes make a lot more money not being a liquidity provider because <clears throat> Hex just price performance is so strong. Yeah. <clears throat> so like... Now I've told you how to not get hacked, where all the yield comes from in stocks, cryptocurrencies. And this is, by the way, this is another funny thing. Every single proof of work cryptocurrency inflates to secure its network, to get hash rate, to prevent 51% attacks. And they seem to do pretty good price-wise, even though they're inflating. Bitcoin inflated 100% in its first year, annualized. You know, you're like, maybe more. So, People's ideas about centralized ownership don't make any sense. The most centralized ownership things tend to do the best price performance wise. Like how's Tesla doing? How's Facebook doing? How's Amazon doing? These are massively centralized ownership and controlled things. They're the best performing stocks you can find. But, but what about my socialism? What about my communism? What about centralized ownership bad? Bitcoin seems to do pretty good. 2000 addresses hold 40% of all the Bitcoin, 42%. Seems to be working pretty good. Not as good as many other cryptocurrencies, but better than the stock market. So yeah, I'm just trying to dissuade people from their silly ideas. You know, you if you listen to me and you learn from me, you're gonna learn stuff you can't learn anywhere else. What's the day for the Pulse Chain snapshot? We don't know. We gotta wait till the testnet node stands up from this weird stuff that they injected upstream for the the last fork, the London fork in Ethereum. Some they changed something which broke our stuff. Not on purpose, but just like that's how software is. So we're fixing it. Getting close, really close on it. Like we know where the error is now. We, we injected enough bug tracking code to finally figure out exactly where the error is happening. So we can fix it now. Like now that we know where it is. When you have a piece of software that just falls over and you're like, hey, why is it hanging? It's hard to get in there to figure out exactly why it's hanging. You got to inject a lot of debugging stuff. Can you talk about the impact of a high market cap on Pulse Chain? Does not matter? Sure. How much is the market cap of Hex? 100 billion? Okay. Now, if market cap is circulating supply times price, how much of that 100 billion is actually circulating? How much of that 100 billion could you buy if you wanted to? So depending on how you define circulating, the market cap of Hex could be 10 times lower. It really depends on how you define circulating. 
That's another funny thing people don't understand. They have this fan fiction theory, fantasy, that market cap somehow stops your ability to gain. I got news for you guys. Bitcoin went to a trillion dollar market cap. Trillion with a T. If I told you that that was possible 10 years ago, you would have called me a liar. So the idea that you think that there's some price god that looks at the market cap and goes, this price can't go any higher. It's not true. Prices can go higher. So Bitcoin can go to a trillion. Ethereum is only, you know, a 3x away from flipping Bitcoin. And Hex is only a 3x away from flipping Ethereum. So it's funny. It'll be funny to see which one of us flips Bitcoin first. Hex or Ethereum or Pulse. <laughs> but, I, but I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's going to get flipped on the market cap. And then the other thing that's funny about market cap is you can't make any money on it. You can't place bids or asks on the market cap chart. It can't fill your orders. Same with the volume. The only people that make money on volume are exchanges and liquidity providers. Normal speculators that buy and hold and hope to sell higher, they do not make money on volume. And another thing, people talk about liquidity. What if everybody wants to sell at once? I don't know. What if everybody wants to sell all the stocks at once? They go to zero. What if everybody wants to get all their money out of the bank at once? No one can. What if everybody wants to sell all the houses at once? They go to zero. What if everybody wants to sell the cars at once? They go to zero. It's the stupidest argument I've ever heard. Hex went from zero supply to 600 billion supply and the price went up 4,000 X. So show me again how higher supply equals price down because I see higher supply and price up. They're just noobs and you have to educate them. You're like, the, the, by the way, when was, when was the best time to buy Bitcoin? When Satoshi owned 100% of the coins. What happened to centralized ownership meme? Yeah, they're just silly people. When was the best time to buy Bitcoin? When there was no liquidity and no volume. But what about where's the volume memes? People are silly. They're so silly. They, they think things that don't make sense. <laughs> Volume's a measurement of how much the users are being victimized by exchanges and market makers. They're getting chopped up. They're getting in and out, in and out, in and out, getting chopped up, getting a smaller, smaller stack. We've seen this in Hex. People think they sold the top. Price runs away from them. They have to buy higher. Now they just have less Hex. They, they had more Hex. Now they have less Hex. <laughs> they could have had more money. Now they have less because they had to chase the market because they tried to time the market. So I'm teaching you things about volume. I'm teaching you things about market making. I'm teaching you things about security. I'm teaching you things about, I mean, how many people know about factoring business receivables? You got to be a real business person to know these things. So I'm teaching you stuff you're not going to learn anywhere else. And the people that have learned from me have done very well. They've done very, very well. <laughs> Chat, Richard, in all caps, Richard, nobody cares about BTC or ETH anymore. No need to convince us we're done. <laughs> Respect, man. Respect. That's why Coinbase doesn't want to list hex. They don't think they can make enough money on it based on volume. I was going to make fun of you, but so... I thought you were a troll, but that was a good comment. So like Coinbase doesn't list most things. Most cryptocurrencies are not listed by Coinbase. And funny enough, the ones that do get listed by Coinbase, their charts appear to die. But maybe they pumped on the news first and then dumped after the actual listing, like a buy the rumor, sell the news thing. In hacks, we really don't need to be listed anywhere. The price is doing just fine. The community is doing just fine. If we get listed places, okay. But you can already buy Ethereum and USDC a lot of places, and then you can already swap that in the most liquid market in the world on oneinch.io or matcha.xyz, spread across Uniswap v2, v3, 0x orders. So if you just go to oneinch.io and look at what you could swap USDC for hex, that's the most liquid market in the world. 
And so if we had direct listings on Coinbase, would that be a more liquid market? I doubt it. And so you would just get worse order execution trading on their thinner order book over there with worse fees anyway. So why wouldn't you just buy USDC over there with no fee? If you're a United States citizen or a United States resident, you've got an account on Coinbase, you can get USDC for no fee. And then you could swap that in the most liquid market in the world for Hex, oneinch.io, which spreads it across Uniswap V2, V3, 0x. Like, it's just better order execution. I think the user will end up getting more and it takes the keys away from that counterparty risk. You don't want Coinbase holding your keys. You don't want to beg for your money with selfies. You don't want those things. So we're the ones making the world a better place. We're the ones people putting people in charge of their private keys. We're the ones warning you against scams. We're the ones that don't do admin keys, which by the way, I've been doing some research on that. And there might like, I don't want there to be an admin key because I hate admin keys, but we're finding it very hard to actually find open source bridge software that will let us bridge uh, things from Ethereum to Pulse that doesn't have admin keys. I thought that there was just bad design decisions involved there, but it kind of, it kind of devolves into an Oracle issue. So because you're cross chain, you, if you don't have a trusted Oracle to tell you, yes, this happened on the other chain, it becomes very hard to cross communicate truth across those two chains without some type of trusted Oracle thing. So I've got one or two devs diving deep into that. And I absolutely hate, and I mean, I'll give you an example. There's an Oracle, there's a admin key on Matic. They've got $8 billion of crypto sitting there that they could just freeze forever whenever their admin key wants to. I hate it. I find it disgusting. I don't like it at all. And I've been saying that we're going to have a bridge without admin keys, but as I've been diving deeper into it, I don't exactly have that code yet. So (laughs) if we want to get to market, within like the next month or two. Well, okay, it ain't happening in a month. But if we want to get to market within the next two months, we might have to have some garbage, pitiful, sucky thing I hate admin key. Unless you guys have a better solution, we can roll out quicker. Because our our options, like I don't like beta testing software. I don't like being the guy that discovers what the bugs are. I want to use stuff that has been battle hardened and people have already lost money on to find out where the bugs are. I prefer that. That's why I prefer forking Ethereum to Ethereum 2.0. The the software has been more secured. So as far as the bridges go, unless you can show me a bridge from Ethereum to another network that's an EVM network that doesn't have admin keys, I need that code. I need that code now. I thought it would exist because there's so many things out there working on it. But then when you really dive deep into them, you're like, oh, this kind of devolves into an M and key thing. So, <clears throat> I mean, I have a chat room just for this particular issue that some devs are in. If you're a dev and you want added to the, uh, the bridge chat room to tackle this particular technical issue, direct message me t.me slash Richard Hart. I will try to get to it, but my direct messages are, I'm way backlogged. I've got, thousands of direct messages I haven't been able to read. So hopefully I'll get to yours. Admin keys, are you serious? Listen, buddy, I'm being very serious with you. I don't like admin keys. Cryptocurrencies were invented to get rid of middlemen. I don't like admin keys, they disgust me. Nothing I'm involved with has admin keys, nothing. But as far as this bridges problem goes, I don't have the code to do it without admin keys yet. As soon as I have it, I'll do it. So if you, smart guy, 
have access to good bridge code from Ethereum to another EVM system, fork of Ethereum, in this case Pulse, give me the code or shut up. I'm doing the best I can, okay? If you've got admin key free bridge software from Ethereum to Pulse, I am ready to start testing it. But if you don't, well then you can hop in the chat and we can try and figure out some way to do it without admin keys. Apparently there's this one protocol that maybe can do it, maybe. We're working on it. I just wanted to warn you guys that this was a little hiccup in that I just assumed this was something you could do without admin keys using the same mechanism that atomic swaps use. But then I haven't had the hours to chuck at it to see if I could make that original assumption true to try and massage the magic that atomic swaps uses to go cross chain trustlessly to make it work for these systems. I might still be able to do it. I might personally still be able to figure out how to make the atomic swap magic work for bridging, maybe. But I haven't exactly had the time to dive in there personally. And so if you can find that code or the project name or the GitHub URL, stick it in the chat or direct message it to me. I've already sent this tweet out maybe a week or two ago, this exact tweet, like what's your favorite bridging software? If we have to, if we have to, if we have to have the stupid admin key crap to, to survive us until we find something, a way to do it without it, it's still the right way to go. But I would obviously much prefer to have no admin keys. I hate it. Yeah, it's, it's more like it'd be more important to launch even without bridges. Like launching and giving everyone the world's largest airdrop is extremely important. If we can have bridges up before then, great. If we can have the liquidity providing Uniswap uh, fork before then, great. But if not, we just launch anyway and add the stuff later. So you can launch, you can launch Pulse Chain before the bridges, add bridges later, and you can add liquidity incentivization later as well. And there's other, I mean, yeah, it's not a, it's not a blocking problem. Like it's not a big deal. Richard Hart, I think Hex Pulse will make you the world's first trillionaire. I want to set up Augur Pool to bet on it. If this ever happens, will you tell people how much money you have? Nope. I don't talk about what money I may or may not have. That's called the Glomar response, by the way. The I refuse to either confirm or deny that allegation. That particular phrase is from a guy whose last name was Glomar. Um, I think it came out in the 50s from the United States government. Yeah, Pulse doesn't have admin keys. It's just the bridge. So my assumption that I've said this, but I'm going to say it one more time. Atomic swaps allow you to swap coins trustlessly from one chain to another. And I am not specifically clear why exactly that same mechanism doesn't work for bridging. I still, in my gut, believe that the same mechanism that allows atomic swaps to work should allow trustless bridging to work because you're just moving stuff from one place to another. So I think that that should still be able to work. But the devs that I've thrown at it, they have not been able to confirm that that is the case. And the packages of pre-rolled bridging software that they've looked at, except for maybe one, it isn't the case. Just giving you some inside baseball development status stuff. Did I watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, good movie. Guys, don't worry about the bridge, okay? Just, geez, it's not that big a deal. Maybe we've maybe one of these packages does it trustlessly. Maybe the atomic swap injection works. Least of our worries, okay? Don't worry about that. <laughs> It'll be okay. Of all the things that I'm concerned about, this is not the the thing. Hey Richard, any thoughts on the value of stablecoin PRC20s? I don't know. 
The concept that you can encumber your eUSDC versus your USDC on Pulse to earn yield as an LP really makes me wonder if there's enough liquidity there to just let it hold the peg. I mean, there is some world where there's enough liquidity added that eUSDC and normal USDC could hold both their dollar peg. I have no idea if that will be the case. That would be crazy. And in crypto, we do see crazy things happen all the time. Like if eUSDC holds its peg and it's worth a dollar, I'd be like, well, I mean, that's... So if the Pulse USDC, these naming conventions, man, if USDC on the Pulse network holds its peg to a dollar, that would be really cool. Um, but I have no idea if it will. I really don't. I think, it, I think it's going to be a function of how much liquidity people are willing to use to kind of back it. So I think, I think things that have larger liquidity will be more likely to hold pegs if they're pegged things like stable coins are. Um, but for other things like there, there could be a lot of coins that are more valuable on pulse than on Ethereum. And I'm very excited to see which ones those are. Hex might be more valuable on pulse than Ethereum. Things that are priced on Ethereum might be more valuable. And then as a community grows, you, you might end up with a lot of coins on pulse that are more valuable than the Ethereum counterpart. We need to see it's an experiment. It's never been done before. It's going to be really exciting to find out. My wife says the new version of pancake swap needs to be called French toast swap. It'll automatically be better. Good point. Good point. Rich, if I stake pulse when I receive it, is that sufficient in avoiding the clawback? I don't know. It's a good question, actually. Hmm. I don't know. Good question, man. I will ask the devs about that. Hey, Rich, I'm a newbie. What do admin keys mean? So basically the bridge contract from for Matic is you take your ERC-20s on the Ethereum network and then you send them to the Matic bridge address. And then there's a, an admin key that controls that address that can freeze all the funds. So is it good or safe to go put your $8 billion worth of crypto into their admin key address? Not really. No, it's not. Because they can just lock your money for eternity at will. That ain't good. That ain't why I'm in crypto. So this particular admin key means you could just freeze everybody's money. Some other admin keys means you could steal everyone's money. And I don't think their admin key allows that. I don't think they can steal it, but they can lock it forever. Might be wrong. They might be able to do both. So it's bad enough that I haven't looked. It's bad enough to not want to use it that I haven't looked at how deep exactly worse it could be. Like it's bad enough to not want to use it. I don't need to see if it's any worse. Um, but if, if you have evidence that they could also just take the funds instead of just locking them, let me know. T.me slash Richard Hart. So other admin, so there's other forms of like oracles where, you know, you have your contract trying to do business logic, but you're trying to do business logic on something outside the chain. And therefore the chain can't just give the data to the contract itself. So it has to import it from a black box somewhere else. And whoever controls that black box basically has control over the smart contract system. That's another form of risk because that guy in general could just lie about the state and steal the money. So I don't like admin keys. I don't like oracles. And I think the atomic swap magic should be able to make a trustless bridge. I do. Um, just don't have a code for it yet. <clears throat> what else? So Hex doesn't have an admin key. Only you mint your own rewards. Only stakers uh, receive inflation. Um, Nobody else can generate inflation but the stakers. What else? Uniswap V2, V3, there's no admin keys. You know, it's, just, it's done right. It's done awesome. That's why we outperform, I think. 
Richard, will delegators have the risk of being slashed or just validators? I also don't know the answer to the question. I when when I'm able to for the first time on testnet open up a stake, I'll let you know. It's something the devs know that I don't know right now, and we could change it before my net anyway. So I have, to, I have to defer the devs on that one. It's a good question. Richard, if I want to become a dev, what's a good place to study? Just go to news.ycombinator.com. I mean, if you want to learn Ethereum stuff, uh, Austin Griffith has some good videos on on how to you know do Ethereum dev stuff. Austin Griffith. Where does this inflation come from in Hex? Just the stakers. So when you stake, the, the entire Hex supply can inflate at a maximum of 3.69% a year, which is lower than Bitcoin's ever was on its run to 20,000. Um, and then that inflation is only paid at end stake and the average end stake is 5.8 years. So it's on delay. And because the inflation is delayed, it reduces the effect of inflation forever because inflation inflates on itself. It's reflexive. And the longer it takes for the first batch of inflation to come out, then the lower the effective inflation overall is. So it's really kind of lower than 3.69. And, and it's also different because you're not, when, it, when Bitcoin inflates, it's getting sold on the market to pay for electricity to pollute the environment. When Hex inflates, it's not getting sold on the market to pay for electricity to pollute the environment. So... Or, or some very tiny part, maybe a little bit for Ethereum fees, but very small amount. So it's not only lower than Bitcoin's inflation on its run to 20K, but it's also different in that there's no negative externalities forcing it to hurt the price and hurt the environment. What do delegators gain? It's really a function of how profitable it is to be a, stake, uh, a, a validator. So you're making 75% of the fees and 25% of the fees are being burnt. And we need to revisit that issue. We may increase it to 33%. I, I need to, to look at it. I, I like the price mechanic of burning, so we'll see. Is it necessary to lock up PLS to stake? You don't have to, this, we don't have the time mechanic in there. I think you can lock it for a day. Um, so I think there's like one day based rotation, but there's no like longer pays better mechanic in there. Richard, will it be fastest to access uh, for Pulse and Testnet to play with it? Yeah, I think so. But the same keys that allow you to access all your ETH are going to allow you to access that testnet stuff, I think. So the, everybody that has testnets has faucets. So we'll have faucets. Check out the near protocol for trusted businesses. Yeah, we are. It's it's on the rotation. How do we see for ourselves if projects have admin keys? They almost all do. Very, 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 very rare is the project that does not. And Hex is one of the only projects I know that doesn't have admin keys. Uniswap V1 also does not have admin keys. Uniswap V2 has light admin keys, and then they can then turn on a tax at will to new liquidity providers. Kind of sucks. And Uniswap V3, I believe, has the same or greater functionality. So you're, the only two things I know that really don't have admin keys are Hex and Uniswap V1. How much did the teddy bear cost? A few thousand dollars. Maybe five. But, I mean, you could pay ten if you want. This rubbish clothing you buy, does it make you angry? Did this shirt cost more than you made this month? Bet it does. <clears throat> Is Nano S Ledger safe? I mean, hardware wallets are an interesting animal. You can read about some of the ways that they suck at wallet.fail. Um, if, you, if you use a hardware wallet, you need to use that extra pin or extra word encryption thing. You have to, like it's important. 
Will the new fork of Pancake Swap have similar admin keys? I don't know, man. I really haven't dived deep on that at all. I, you're basically, if you're creating, those mechanisms are you're rewarding liquidity providers with a coin, the native coin of the swap thing that has the same name. And then in order for that to work for creating new coins, you either need a admin key or a community to vote on which new coins are eligible because otherwise people game the system and try and make like a fake new coin and then the fake new coin gets rewards it shouldn't get because people fake trade it or whatever. And so this is another one of those instances where you either have to use a DAO or an admin key to allocate the inflation to, to reward people for providing incentives on the things that are worthy of having incentives provided. So it is another one of these kind of gray areas where it's hard to solve with code because the knowing whether a ERC, knowing whether an ERC twenty is of high enough merit to deserve liquidity providing incentives is a human qualitative decision, and you can't easily abstract that into pure math, and therefore you kind of need the humans to do it. So. In that particular instance, I don't know that there's a way to, to do that handing out inflation of the LP reward thing trustlessly. But that is not an area I have dived very deep into at all. So if you know of, I'll make a new chat room for just that particular issue of you know, game theory on the, the LP reward mechanics of, of a pancake swap fork. I'll make a new chat room for that. And I mean, I already have like a secret game theory chat room that the smartest people in the Hex community are in. Sorry if you're really smart and you're not in it. Maybe I just didn't detect you, but we got like 150, 200 people in there kind of working on game theory on the liquidity providing incentive stuff. So I'll ask them about trustless LP assignment, but like I'm pretty sure you either need a DAO or an admin key to do it, period. I don't I don't know of any way to, to solve that particular quandary in a, in a trustless manner. Hey Richard, is there decks for safely selling my BTC to purchase USDC or Hex? I don't trust Binance. Yes, there is. You can go to bridge.renproject.io. And if you want to get out of other coins, you can use Binance's bridge too. Because their bridge supports more than just Bitcoin. Holy S word. Hex is unstoppable right now at all time high and no times of stopping. No signs of stopping. 19.2 cents. Is there any way to see if my BTC and BNB sacrifices went through? Yeah, I mean, I've got these lists. We're combining the lists. We're kind of working on the time-weighted average price stuff. There's an Easter egg that I haven't advertised in that we're going to try and see everyone get credit for sacrificing, even the people that were late. Because the people that were dumb and were late and shouldn't get any credit at all, going to try and show those guys mercy. And so just keep a 1.05x rate increase going every day like it has been. And then the people that sacrificed late will still get credit, but at a much worse rate. Um, instead of hearing the, the crying and crying and crying, people that the, the same people that can't follow instructions and do things wrong are also the exact same people that yell and scream and cry the hardest. So to prevent the yelling and screaming and crying and be merciful, we're just going to credit dum-dums that were late um, with the same 1.05x rate increase per day ticker. 
which scales up really quick. Like we a fourteen day one point oh five x increase two x the rate. So I can only imagine what like a twenty or thirty day rate increase would do to the rate. Like they're going to be getting a much worse rate, but they're also not going to be crying bloody murder um, when they got what they should have got, which is nothing. <clears throat> Pulse chain have flash loans? Yes. I mean, they're built into Uniswap V3, and Uniswap V3 comes over, so. They're also built into Uniswap V2. There's just no easy mechanism to use them without being a developer. For everyone saying that you're an a-hole, that is very nice of you. Thanks, man. Try to be good. Is BTC still going to 10K? I still think this is a bull trap. And I will I will get on Twitter and tell you how wrong I was when it makes a new all-time high. If Bitcoin goes and makes a new all-time high past 65K, you're gonna see me hop right on Twitter and be like, hey guys, I was wrong. Bitcoin didn't do what it did last time. It decided to do something new. And as a side effect, we're all richer for it, so yay. But like, I already, I called the top on the day at 65K and people that sold on that day are still very happy they did. So this dream that like, oh, Richard Hart got it wrong. Nah, not really. <laughs> I called I called for the bull trap. We just got it late. So here we are. <clears throat> I told my wife, you're working hard to educate without cursing. She bet me $20. You wouldn't make it through the whole video without cursing. Don't let me down. Bro, you just made 20 bucks. I haven't cursed yet this stream. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being real fruity with it. No cursing, crazy. Richard, your good advice to save my life. Glad to hear that, Danny. Thanks, man. Hex just hit a new all-time high. I don't believe you. No, it didn't. It's still 19.2. Uh, I mean, it depends on how you're looking at it. Like, if you're looking at full-body daily candles and you're and you're not looking at wicks, then it has been making new all-time highs. But I like wicks, so I will consider it a real new all-time high when we wick up past uh, 22 cents or 21.85 or 86. So yeah, guys, the, the, I want to I want to publish the list of everybody's credits and whatnot. We're still doing time waiting stuff. We could publish the list of just we're working on it, but it just doesn't matter that much until mainnet. So it's it's not a priority. Getting testnet up is a priority over measuring what credits people would get on mainnet. What chart am I looking at? USDC v two. I'm sorry. Uh, Hex, USDC, Uniswap, V2. What's up, Richard? The price, the price is up, brother. I know how hard it is to not curse. Yeah, it is actually. I accidentally sent 35K die to the Matic contract address and apparently the devs can't get it back. Are you able to help me somehow? You're probably screwed, but I'm not totally sure. So ERC20s by default, when you send to the direct contract address, they're all lost forever and no one can ever retrieve them ever. So if you send your hex directly to the hex contract address, it is lost forever and no one can recover it. In some rare instances, a special non-standard function has been added to the ERC-20 contract, which allows it to harvest ERC-20s that have been sent there. Um, so usually, when you send your coin to the wrong address, you're screwed. In some instances, if your coin is an admin key coin, like USDT, USDC, they can invalidate those coins and then revalidate you new coins. Um, but in the case of DAI, that I don't think has admin keys, it does have Oracle stuff though, but I don't think anyone can just mint DAI for free whenever they want. 
uh, in that case, I don't think you're going to be able to be made whole if you sent directly to a contract address and that contract address didn't have a special non-standard harvesting function built in. So I, I think you're screwed, but I hope you're not. I wish you luck, bro. Richard, still no automatic subtitles on your videos. Well, man, let me explain that to you. There are automatic subtitles in English for closed captioning. However, there are not automatic subtitles for other languages until the video has been stopped streaming and YouTube has had a while to sit on it. And then after they've had a while to sit on it, apparently they open it up to other languages, apparently. If I want real-time closed captioning subtitles for other languages that aren't English, I need to subscribe to a service that does it and stream those subtitles to YouTube from that service with a different username and password special interface thing. And I ain't got time for all that, man. Like, I got so much stuff to do. I don't think foreign language subtitles is something I'm going to be able to do. Hexologist, if you're watching and you want to look into it, maybe Hexologist can do it because he, he has the ability to edit um, the channel. So if you want to look into that, man, I don't have time for it. I wouldn't mind real-time multiple language subtitles. I think it would be nice. Um, but we're not there yet. So if it's going to get done, Hexologist is going to do it. I don't have time. What's my diet like now? It's pretty good. I'm just, you know, avoiding carbs, eating less, you know, skipping breakfast, just trying to reduce quantity, reduce frequency. It's working. I mean, I was 252 this morning, whatever. I'd like to be 248 again. Let's work my way back down there. Can I get a shout out for day one hexagon me? Yes, you can, Paul Enns. I am a day one hexagon and so happy. Richard, you definitely changed everything. Hex Pulse will both flip ETH and BTC. Thanks, man. Richard, any down with snapshot is? I'm waiting for the test net, bro. Can we can we get the test net up first? I mean, look, I'm hoping two months, but I was hoping two months a month ago, maybe. Like, I welcome to software, man. It's the little tiny hiccup that hangs you, and we have a little tiny hiccup, and it's like slowing us down. Is Hex only available through MetaMask, or is Coinbase Wallet a viable option? You can use Coinbase Wallet for Hex if you want, but then it's harder to stake because you can't use go to hex.com. You have to use apphex.win. So, I mean, I think MetaMask is a premier experience, but if you already have Coinbase Wallet, you can use Coinbase Wallet for Hex, yes. Coinbase Wallet is just a wallet software. It is not their exchange. You're a, I can't say that. That's a curse word. You're a better version of Charles Hoskinson. Thank you. Do you agree that proof of stake is better than proof of work because it's thermodynamically more efficient way of achieving consensus? Yes, I do. Don't throw that shirt in the dryer after you wash it. Hang dry for sure. My $1,300 shirt will not be going in the dryer. Somebody says they bought Hex on Hotbit. Cool. Congrats. You had cheesecake for breakfast. Don't lie. Lol. I, I actually had lasagna. <laughs> wrecked. Absolutely wrecked. And then it made my tummy hurt. So I had to add an antacid. Totally and completely wrecked. You guys read me like a book, I tell you. What are they going to test those new robots? robots? I haven't had a chance to look, man. I've seen a lot of hex memes on those robots, but I, I haven't had a chance to look. Lasagna's high in carbs. It's high in everything bad. <laughs> it's like, it's really not good. This is probably the worst thing you could possibly eat for breakfast. Other than just like drinking gravy. I'll have a mug of gravy, please. But actually, I mean, that does sound kind of tasty. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. 
uh golf richard get active stop golf hating yeah i feel you bro i've been twerking a lot hope you like twerking oh my life i hurt my hip too i was like oh my god what have i done to my hip in in general i don't think men should ever twerk but for a laugh Um, what else, guys? So let's go look at the prices real quick. Hex, 19 cents. BTC, 40, we'll call it 50K. But let's look, really. The thing I don't like about BTC right now is it's making a fractal of the same kind of pattern that it did last time. So we were going up reverse for you guys at home. Bitcoin was doing this. Parabola, parabola, boop, boop, boop. Higher and higher candles and shorter and shorter time frames. And then Coinbase launch was coming. And started to go this way and then pfft, dead i called the top of the day richardhart.com go ahead and click the links proof and then now it was doing the waterfall but then stopped and went up real high but now it's doing the same kind of like non-parabolic fall over this way thing again and the last time it did that at a greater scale up here it just died again and so i don't like the shape like I prefer parabolic shapes to limp wiener shapes. And it's kind of doing the limp wiener mode now. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the Bitcoin top and this was the bull trap. And this was the return to normal bubble cycle chart thing. Um, and if I'm wrong, we'll all know at 65K. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think this is a bull trap and I think Bitcoin makes new lows. So we'll see. Ethereum, similar kind of pattern, maybe a little bit stronger. I think the Ethereum pattern looks a little bit stronger than Bitcoin's. But once again, why do we care about Bitcoin and Ethereum's little baby gains when we have Hex's insane gains? I mean, we're talking, if you bought the Bitcoin dump, so let me tell you how good Hex is. I bought Bitcoin at 30. I helped make the top at 30. I bought the top back then. Then it went down to two. 30 to 65K is 2200X. My gains from buying Bitcoin in 2011 to 10 years later got beat by hex gains in one and a half years. So hex did 2X the gains without staking, just holding the coin. It did 2x the gains in one and a half years instead of 10 years. And then if you held your Bitcoin, now you're down. But if you held your hex, you're like at new all-time high still. So the concept that I built something which axe murdered Bitcoin's gains is just beautiful. It's just amazing. Like, and, and it's pre-viral. It's pre-viral. Most people have never heard of it. A lot of people still think it's a scam. They don't know why though. It's a scam. Why? Who lost money? Everyone's going to lose money one day. Why? Because everyone's going to sell at once. Just like you can't sell everything at once. What are you talking about? It's better than Bitcoin. It's got less negative externalities. It's more efficient. It attacks a larger market. It accidentally has better features. Like it's, it's better than Bitcoin. So why shouldn't it be worth more than Bitcoin? And then you hear silence. You're like, where, where do Bitcoin revenues profit come from? Inflation. Where does bank account profit come from? Inflation. Where does stock market profit come from? Next guy buying higher. Okay. Well, <laughs> like we have less negative externalities than all those systems 
Hex has less negative externalities and overheads and costs than all of those other systems combined. It's also more secure. It's also like it, it's just better in every way, but people, they just don't, they don't get it. And it's crazy to me. You're like, that's the reason, the, the reason there's so much opportunity in Hex is because most people don't get it. M much of the performance in a speculative investment is the ratio of how many people knew about it when you got in to how many people will know about it. And when that ratio is very good, you can overcome all types of things like inflation. So the reason Bitcoin had its most gain in the first year when it also had its most inflation is because even though its inflation was very high, the rate at which it could get new users percentage-wise was even higher. And so it's a ratio of new users to inflation that actually affects the supply and demand mechanic. So pre-viral hex, before the fork, before you get hex on two chains, oh my God, so good, so good. <laughs> So good. Well, anything else? Let's see here, guys. Let's let's give you the rewind, okay, for the important stuff. Twitter.com slash Richard Hart win. Follow me, please. YouTube.com slash Richard Hart. Please follow me. T.me slash Hex Crypto. T.me slash PulseChain.com. There's 60 people on voice comms in there all the time. Uh, PulseChain.com, largest airdrop in the world. Congrats to those guys that sacrificed late. Um, you're still going to get credit. It's just going to be at the 1.05x rate increase, which goes up pretty high. Um, so mercy is being shown to you. What else? Free books, t.me forward slash sci-vive. That's S-C-I-V-I-V-E. And uh, yeah, still hiring devs that's my core focus right now so that's what i'm working on got a lot of stuff to do want to make a, a better metamask a better uniswap a better we're already working on a better ethereum what else got the exchange coming up a lot of stuff man better coin market cap for the prc20s Better ether scan. Oh my God. There's so much hiring to do. I have to hire so many people. It's silly. No. So it's going to be a busy year. Busy year. Anything else? Let me check chat. You need to turn on super chats. Hmm. Meh. Can you still sacrifice? Yeah. It's just going to be at that much, 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 much higher rate that I told you about. But yes, you can. What are nodes? They're the uh, the pieces of they're the code that runs on people's computers that makes the network. So, best indicators to trade with? No indicators. Don't trade. Traders lose all their money. If you're addicted to trading, though, and you have to trade, well, go to t.me slash hex trading. It's awesome. And when I'm the price moves in hex, and I'm curious why it did that, I go to t.me slash hex trading, and those guys usually know. So. Saves me a lot of effort. I don't have to have to like look at the chain because they like already know and have the links. Some guy in all caps, do a commercial. Where's your marketing team? I don't have a marketing team, but I did just see Hex and Pulse Chain advertisements in a soccer game in the UK. West Brom versus something else. Um, so I do see Hex ads out there from the community. I see people printing Hex stickers, Pulse Chain stickers. I see all types of marketing out there. It just has nothing to do with me. 
gas fees on pulse chain should be really 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 cheap man all right guys so i'm out please subscribe please like please share the video please follow please learn from me i'm really here trying to make your guys lives better i'm the only self-help author in the world that i know of that invented a successful cryptocurrency i'm the guy with free youtube channel no ads free self-help books free coins hex was given away for free to bitcoin holders pulse is the largest airdrop in the world i raised 27 million dollars for charity at scns.org i am living the dream i think i'm the best person in crypto literally i think there are people that write more open source software like vitalik heck i even think vitalik's a little smarter but he's not even as good at selling ethereum as i am <laughs> like i'm like i'm a better i'm a better ethereum salesperson and hey uh he sold the top twice i think i think he sold the 2017 top and i think he sold the 2021 top i don't really like that i don't like when the founder dumps on me i hate it so <laughs> like um what else yeah enjoy the world's best appreciating asset in the history of man i think it's hex let me know if there's something else but i think it i think it might be hex hex.com and uh hit up pulsechain.com and enjoy the ride and if you have some trustless bridge software you want to show me I'd love to hear about it. Hit me up t.me forward slash Richard Hart. Thanks guys.